Okay, welcome in the playoff edition, super wild card edition of the Home Dogs podcast. Yes, the regular season is over. Our time in the contests are over. We did not win any money this year, but gambling is now legal in New York, so I can bet all the time I want. Mark and Trav, they live in New Jersey, so they they can bet. They've been betting all along, but uh, big weekend, super wild card weekend, six games. I'm excited. Uh, and I don't want to say they're great games, but six games we can bet on, six playoff games. Then we got the divisional round next weekend, which is always the best weekend of the year. So a fun time, even though uh, our time in the Westgate Super Contest and the Circa Pro Football Contest are over. We ended strongly, though. Uh, we ended on a high note. We went eight and two last week, four and one in each contest. So we always finished strong. And uh, we got right around the 55% mark in each contest so that we, we ended up where we, we usually are. Now we just have to figure out a way to get to 60% next year and I maybe try and win some money. But uh, 18 weeks, it was a long, long marathon. Uh, just final stats, uh, Circa contest, we finished 48-40-2. That was good for 1,161st place out of uh, over 4,000 entries. So so not terrible in the top quadrant. And then uh, Super Contest, we finished 49-40-1, nearly an identical record, 412th place overall, uh, 6.5 points out of the money in that one. We were 9 points out of the money in the Circa. So lots to be proud of, uh, I think. Early on in the season, a lot of favorites were covering, and that hurt us. And then we kind of got square towards the middle when uh, the underdog started coming back around. So maybe if we just stuck to our guns all year long, we could have gotten five, six more points in either contest. But uh, Trav, just overall for you, uh, what what was this like for you? At least nice to end strong, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, fifteen. I think we were fifteen, four and one the last two weeks. Obviously, I wasn't a part of that first. The first of those two, so that was it. Was good that we had a good week when I came back. That made me feel a little bit part of the group again. But no, we do finish strong. We're very consistent. I mean, every year we churn out like 55% almost on the dot. Like you said, we got to get to 60. But I'm, I'm, I think it's good. I mean, I think we have a you know, methodology and you know, we may have square weeks, but I think overall we know how to react to that. I don't know. The other thing, I mean, it's just, it's hard. I mean, it's really fucking hard. You need a lot of luck. And one thing that's interesting about us having two entries is I think, you know, as we've observed in some of these contests, people that have multiple entries in the same contest, they tweak one or two games a week. But for the most part, their their two entries are the same. I mean, the fact that we had two different entries and we really didn't double all that much, and we ended up with identical records, I think it it does prove a little bit more that the process works. Yeah, I think uh, for us picking ten games all year long, generally we're we're hitting a uh, six each week, sometimes seven, and then you know if we don't mind fuck ourselves on Saturday afternoon, a lot of times we swap in losers for winners because uh, we overthink these things. And and Mark, I, I don't know about you, but. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out a way to to help us stay grounded next year. I know a lot of things happen between Wednesday when we tape and when we have to submit on Saturday. Maybe we overreact too much to to gambling trends and not what's in front of us as far as the football teams on the field. But how, how do you think we can can better ourselves next year? Because we really just need to win like ten more games and we're right there. Yeah, I'm not sure if I have the answer in terms of like the midweek uh, kind of change that goes on in the news news flow. Um, I feel like just Saturday, you know, a lot of us, you know, we're all like out and about. It, it's kind of hard to keep up with the information. And then, you know, you throw COVID on top of that uh, the last two years. That's like another thing you have to like keep like Uber track of. So maybe, you know, next year with 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 if COVID kind of fades away. Um, it's be a little bit easier for us in that respect. And, and I do feel like we've, we've honed the process, uh, like Trav was alluding to the last three or four years doing the contest. Uh, on the other hand, though, I, I think like having two different contests was somewhat of a mindfuck just because we had different lines to consider. And I don't know, it, it just was like a little bit difficult. So I wonder if we do two entrants in one contest or I, I'm kind of thinking of like a different, um, way we could, we could incorporate that, but, um, open to ideas as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you on that point. I think that's a good one. Yeah, certainly do a lot to discuss this offseason. Maybe we do a uh, one of those survivor pools this year, too. I know that Circus Survivor contests seem pretty exciting with uh, five entries splitting $6 million. So you got to go 20-0, and 0, but uh, certainly fun to try. And who knows what, what sort of contests will, will come our way here on the East Coast now that uh, gambling is legal in New York and New York City. So a lot of fun things on the horizon. Going to get to Wild Card Weekend in a bit, but I want to just, before we move on, just talk about some of our our least favorite coaches, least favorite quarterbacks and players from this year. I'm going to start out with two people. We can just do maybe one coach and one one player for each of us. And mine are both on the same team. And one of them got fired. And it's Mike Zimmer and his Kirk Cousins. And they can go straight to hell. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy that Zimmer's finally gone. Uh, he had a nice run in Minnesota. But man, was he bad the last couple of years. That defense sucked. Uh, they love running the ball on second and 10. 
They love throwing passes behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage when it's third down or fourth down even. Cousins, uh, every time we took him this year, he just completely screwed us. I I know he did cover for us in week 18, but whatever. They're playing the awful Bears. I, I'm just so done with that team, the roller coasters that they put us through. Ugh. God, I hate the Vikings. Mark, I'll, I'll pass it over to you. Well, yeah, just thinking, though, like even when they did cover for us, I know, I know they covered in week 18, but we also took them in that Thursday game versus Pittsburgh. I think they were up like, was it Pittsburgh? Oh, we took Pittsburgh in that game. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, no, we, no, no right. You got it right. We, we, we took we took the Vikings and the Steelers came roaring back. And we still oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, even that, like the, the, the Vikings offense, like went into a shell in that second half uh, after going up 34 to three or something. And so like, I'm just saying, even, even the covers that we had with them uh, were, were not enjoyable. Yeah. In terms of uh, who I have on my list, I, I, I have a shout out for Russell Gage, the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> wide receiver. And it was some crucial week. I think it was in October, November. We were kind of like making a run. I think we had put together a, a string of three and twos and the Falcons were playing the Bucks. and, and Russell Gage dropped this end zone pass. It was a five yard pass from Matt Ryan uh, as time expired and the Falcons could have covered if he had caught that. It, it was really a gimme um, pass. He, he was wide open um, and he dropped that. Um, so that sticks out as a player. <laughs> that was disappointing. He um, dropped a it, huge first down earlier in that game too. Oh yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of other coaches, uh, I, I was just going to throw uh, Pete Carroll, Sneaky Pete. Um, you know that Washington Seattle game was just uh, a disaster to watch. And I know, I know he he covered it in week eighteen. We, we didn't take him, but I think we took him a couple times towards the end of the season, which he kind of rebounded for us a little bit. But um, kind of frustrating year if you're, you're a Seattle backer. And uh, another bad memory involving Sneaky Pete was uh, we doubled up that Geno Smith Monday night game against yeah. the Saints. Uh, that's what I was, what that's I was right. thinking about Ugh. in the rain. Yeah. Trav, what about your nominees? Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, Kirk and Zimmer were the only ones that I had really written down. <laughs> I would I would give Mike Glennon a little bit of love because <laughs> you know, the Giants were successful with McCoy last year. It's just remarkable that they 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 made this move from McCoy to Glennon um, when you have a quarterback that has yet to make it through a full season. But I don't know. There was enough there where they were they were getting enough points in some of these games where you just thought that he could couldn't possibly be that bad, but he was. Um, he was that bad. It, it was really <laughs> shitty. Yeah, we took uh, him back to back weeks uh, at Miami and then at the Chargers, and they got yeah. absolutely destroyed in both and games. And I think I think both weeks leading into them, I said that it felt like shades of McCoy going to Seattle last year and winning outright. Um, <laughs> that wasn't good. Uh, coach would probably be rule. I mean, you know, started three and zero closed in a, a tidy two and 12 coming down the stretch um just shitty against the spread five and 12 you know we were on him thank god we kind of bailed you know early enough where it didn't submarine our season um but i think rule would be my guy the other people i put on the shit list is ourselves went back and listened to our uh, preview pod today um we called out a couple of teams detroit and arizona as teams that you know may may outperform this year detroit was 11 and 6 Against the spread, Arizona was ten and seven. Detroit was six and two as a home dog, and for the home dogs pod, that feels relatively meaningful. Cleveland and Buffalo, we we called out as potential, you know, taking a step back. Cleveland did seven and ten against the spread. Um, Buffalo, not so much. They were nine six and two against the spread. But um, you know, if we had stuck to our guns, I think we got totally fucked with Detroit because we took them week one, and they had that crazy game where they were getting blown out against the Niners, and they came, you know, storming back. You know, that non-cover, I think, killed us because it just pulled us off of them for, for a longer period of time. Although we may have taken them in week two against Baltimore. I don't remember, but we did. We did. There was, an, there was enough uh, scar tissue that we really didn't go back to him all that much till later in the year. Yeah, I agree with you on Rule. I had him on my list too. Um, I had Rule and, and Cam. Uh, I feel like we, we took them together a couple times and I'm sure we took Rule and Darnold uh, as well. I also had uh, Tomlin and Ben. I feel like, you know, again, they, they covered for us in week 18, but um throughout the season i think we we went back to pittsburgh a little too much i think especially early in the season and then just uh i don't remember if, if he fumbled in one of our games or, or not but he just he seems to fumble all the time is melvin gordon the, uh, mm-hmm. the denver broncos running back so like he always uh, ends up biting us um, when we take him in, in denver yeah he fumbled at the end of that washington game where we had denver at home against washington and they ended up covering but remember the last three minutes of that <laughs> game were just absolute yeah. torture was, yeah <laughs> Total painful. <laughs> I think I turned it off and texted you guys. I don't want to see if they lose. Like it'd just be too painful. And I walked away and apparently got pretty close. Got real close. Yeah. Fangio. Fangio was number two for me, other than Zimmer. That guy just, you know, great defensive coordinator, but 
the fact that he hired Pat Shermer as his offense coordinator, that was terrible. And he does not know how to manage the clock or his timeouts. And he never learned. And that's why he's probably out of a job today. I don't, I don't care about any of the good wins. I will put together the data over the next month or so of, of how we did on each team. And we can, we can get to that as we get closer to the Super Bowl and some of those other pods. But just wanted to get some of our the, the bad coaches and players who stick with you through the offseason off of our chest. But now, six games, including the Pittsburgh Steelers, as Mark just mentioned, playing this weekend. Wildcard weekend starts on Saturday with two games. First game, Las Vegas Raiders at Cincinnati Bengals, 4.30. Mike Tirico and Drew Brees on the call. The ref, Jerome Boger. Ugh. Mm. Starting off, start off playoffs with Jerome. I am seeing right now that Vegas is getting five and a half points. This line opened around six and a half. Uh, 61% of the bets are on the Bengals. 77% of the money is on the Raiders. So I guess the sharp play is to take the Raiders, but I still kind of agree with Trav here, who said earlier in the weekend that, uh, that he thinks the, the Bengals are going to absolutely destroy the Raiders here. Raiders uh, had a that epic game against the Chargers. I think the defense played like close to 90 snaps, so they could be tired now they're on a short week and the Bengals rested most of their guys. Definitely square to take the Bengals, but I'm, I'm not sure here. Trav, what about you? Are you still still on Cincy? Or yeah, I don't know. Points? I think I, I may have said that about Cincy before that they had a uh, an opponent decided. I, I think I still feel that way, honestly. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would take Cincy just because it feels so square, but I don't know. That offense feels like it can be explosive. I think Burrow's the kind of guy that, you know, if you look at his college career when the games mattered most, you know, he played very well. I think, you know, he's got a ton of confidence and a situation like this, I think he's going to absolutely take to it, which could be really good. I think, though, if they win or win convincingly this week, I would be thrilled to bet against them in the second week because they're the kind of team I feel like that's going to be sexy enough offensively where people are going to just get all on board, you know, if they come out and win this 31 17 or something like that. And I would bet against them, um, you know, the following week, but I, I don't know what to do with this game. Really. I mean, the Raiders are definitely, like you said, the sharp play. I think I'd be willing to take them, but I'm kind of more interested in fading Cincy next week. If they, if they get through. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I like the Raiders, but I'm wondering if it's uh, kind of like that square sharp dog of the week or something where it's a little bit too trendy. I was thinking um, that for the Niners actually, but yeah, there's a couple of candidates. Too. Yeah. Okay. So I was just thinking like the, you know, the Raiders are coming off basically this, this crazy OT game. They're on short rest, um, you know, playing a, mo- a Sunday night game. Um, and then since he's effectively coming off a bye because they rested most of their players last week, but you know, so teams coming off a bye facing a team with short rests. And I know that doesn't exactly fit the narrative here. Um, or 14 and 32 against the spread um, since 2013. So I thought that was maybe like a you know uh, somewhat public perception being off. Um, and then even in the first game when when the Bengals uh, blew out the Raiders 32-13, uh, that game was really close. It was 16-13 with five minutes left in the third quarter. Um, I think the the Raiders actually outgained the Bengals on a yards per play basis. So it was really more of a closer game than the score indicated. And then this is the last thing: the Raiders have been really good on the road this year. Um, I think they're five and one against the spread and straight up uh, as an underdog of of over three points uh, on the road this year. So that would fit the uh, the narrative here. So I, I think I would lean Las Vegas, but uh, just a little reticent um given the maybe too many sharps on it yeah i mean it's enough points where i I think i i would consider taking them they're four and two against the spread this year with a rest disadvantage which is kind of interesting i think what happens there is the disadvantage plays into the line and it maybe not as impactful you know to the actual players so i don't know i I don't think it's crazy to take the raiders at all yeah i don't want to get psyched out here because there's no contest anymore so we can just go straight off of the trends and think that the public's going to be on Cincy and then and the money's yeah. on the Raiders. We should just just ride with it. Um I, I had one stat the wild card weekend, uh however many games this goes back, underdogs are 15 and 3 in the last 18 games against the spread. So that's pretty sweet. Um if you want to take the Raiders and unders are 12 and 6 uh, in the last 18 as well. So mm. I don't know, maybe you tease the Raiders in the under or if you if you don't want the Raiders to win, you could tease the Bengals down to to pick them and then take the under as well or something like that. It's a good number for the T's because five and a half will get you over 10. So that's good. Um, DVOA Cincinnati 17, Vegas 21. Close. I got, I got a crazy random stat. Not crazy, just a random stat. Two of the 16 teams in the AFC didn't have a first round quarterback as their 2021 starter. Can you name those two teams? Can you name those, those two teams and those two quarterbacks? Houston. Houston, if you throw out the Deshaun Washington is one. Den, oh, no, Denton, no. 
I got nothing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Buffalo. <laughs> I don't know. It's involved in this game. Uh, it's Derek Carr. Uh, so he was a second round pick. Uh, I, just thought, I just thought that was crazy that you know most of the quarterbacks, at least in the AFC, are all first round picks. Yeah. yeah. I bet it would be similar in the NFC, I would, I would guess. I could have sworn Carr was in the end of the first round, I guess, but you're right. Yeah, second the top of the second. Yeah, it's 36 overall. Yeah. In the NFC, you guys like Russ is not a first rounder. Um, yeah. Jimmy G is not a first rounder. Jimmy G. I just had another one on my mind. Oh, Dak. Heineke, Dak. Yeah. I think there's a little bit more. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. 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 A lot. You're right. All right. So we're going Raiders here, right? Yeah. I think we got to stick to stick to the formula. And yeah. I, I would I would I would consider a tease, something like that. Yeah. Know, maybe just take them out. I don't care. When yeah, it gets yeah. to the wild card weekend, it's just pretty much like if you give me a, a reasonable thought, <laughs> I'll take it. I don't really give a fuck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I think if you're taking an underdog, you might as well sprinkle a little on the money line each time too. Oh, I that's that's yeah, I, I agree yeah. with that. Why the hell not? Um I would like to see the Bengals win though. That's the frustrating part, but I agree. Gotta gotta root for for the right thing to cover. Well, uh, then you're you're in a good place taking the 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 Raiders. That's okay. Yeah, that's right. Emotional hedge. Saturday night. This probably is the best game of the weekend, I think. Patriots at Bills. Line is down to four now, which kind of pisses me off. I should have snagged the four and a half earlier in the week. Um, obviously, round three for these teams. They had the, the crazy weather game that the Pats won in Buffalo. Then the Bills had some payback in New England where they really kicked the shit out of them. Uh, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis on the call here on CBS. So Travis listened to his buddy Charles. And uh, the ref <laughs> for this one is Brad Allen, who he's been okay lately. It's okay. Yeah, he's fine. I liked with uh, the beard a little bit better. Yeah, <laughs> he looked a lot, a lot, a lot uh, more sophisticated with that beard. Sixty percent of the the bets are on Buffalo. Sixty percent of the money's on the Patriots. Uh, I don't know how we don't take New England here, right, Mark? Uh, yeah, I think I, I would lean New England. I think they have a couple injury concerns, and and Buffalo is looking really healthy right now. I think it's going to be like six degrees in Buffalo on Saturday night, so I think it's going to be very low scoring. So I, I'd be much more apt to uh, to grab the points here. A little worried about Mac Jones, the way he's played the last few weeks. He hasn't looked great, um, but I don't think Bill is going to let him throw. I think it's actually going to be very similar to uh, you know the Patriots' game plan from from the last time these teams met in Buffalo. Um, a lot of running, uh, short passes. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely lean New England. I like the trends. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Um, I don't know. This is the third time these teams are meeting in, since the first week in December, you know, so call it six, seven weeks. This is the third time they'll play. I agree with you. They can run the ball on, on Buffalo. I like it. Um, you know, Buffalo, you, you're, you'll have to remind me what happened in the playoffs last year, but I do have a, a, some memory of them performing poorly at home against maybe the Ravens or something like that. And they just yeah, really we had Lamar score. and they were in it in that pick six. Totally. Yeah. Totally screwed us. Screwed the end yeah. Zone, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, 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 you know, the, the Patriots are getting three points that, you know, bad weather game, getting an extra point here, which I like. So I, I, I'm all over the Patriots. I also uh, really like the, I kind of alluded to it before, the, the under in this game. Um, so since 1990, there have been 20 NFL games where the temperature at kickoff was in the single digits. Um, the under has hit 13 of those 20 times. And nine of the 11 games that had a total of at least 40 went under as well. And then, uh, what is it? In the, the wild card round in general has produced a lot of unders lately. Um, 25 of the last 36 non dome games in the wild card round have gone under. So, mm. wow. Pat's last three games have gone under as well. And this is the two and four DVOA teams in the league and the one and four defensive DVOA teams. Hmm. I, w- I wonder if the move is to like tease the Raiders with the under. This under? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could just tease the Pats in the under, too. You could tease, Pat, yeah, tease, the, tease the Raiders and the Pats, yeah. You could tease the Patriots up to plus 10 and get, get this under at, at 50. Um, hmm. If you parlay the Raiders and the Pats to win, that's plus 800. I'm seeing right now on Caesars as a as a promo. Only boosted from plus 764. I hate Caesars Sportsbook, by the way. Just uh, <laughs> the, board, the only four are working in New York right now. Caesars, DraftKings, and FanDuel on something called Bet Rivers. I'm not wasting my time with Bet Rivers, but... Um, <laughs> Caesar's interface always crashes and uh, I don't like it at all. So I'm going to get the free, use the free money that they gave me and then get the hell out and, and wait for the other ones to come to town. <laughs> it was a also, great I New don't... York sports. Right <laughs> <laughs> I like Dawson Knox for a touchdown here. I don't know what the odds are going to be, but 
he always whenever I watch him, I'm like, that guy's going to score a fucking touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. This is a tough one. I think the Pats are going to take it, though. Are, are you guys most looking forward to that game this weekend? Or are there others on the board that, that you're I think in terms so. of like watching? Yes, this one for sure. Both the, the Saturday slate for me is way better than the I agree. The Sunday slate. Yeah. Um, yeah and the I Monday game, I don't, I'd rather not even watch, but obviously I will watch it and bet on it. But I hate both those teams. We can talk about that when we get to there. So we're on the underdogs and the under uh, for Saturday and any form of combination, teasers, parlays, or whatever. Just, just, to, just. I just looked yeah. it up, and I didn't realize this, and I don't know what the odds are going to be, but Dawson Knox second on the team in touchdowns behind Stephon Diggs. Diggs has ten, Knox has nine. Hmm. Nine touchdowns. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of underdogs, I have a feeling we're going to like that in the early game on Sunday. Tampa Bay minus eight and a half against the Eagles at one o'clock. This game is on Fox. This is the Buck and Aikman game. Our ref in this one is Craig Rolstad. So another nice. neutral, neutral guy. Not going to do too much harm uh 62 of the bets are on tampa 53 of the money is on philly so that's that's flipped a little bit i, I feel like i gotta take the dog here again but uh this one worries me the most because i think the eagles defense is really bad I, I could see tommy and company laying the smack down here before they maybe get into trouble in one of the other two later rounds as our resident brady expert what did you uh lean here initially trev yeah, I still like the Eagles. I think they're built for this a little bit. I like the way they run the ball. They can control the clock a little bit, I think. Um, and I'm just a little bit hesitant with with the health of Tampa's weapons. Um, I don't have any status updates, so maybe everyone's coming back. I have no idea. But it just feels like you know that team went 13-4 and four this year. They played really well, but there were a couple games where they played some tougher teams, and I think they just didn't match up very well. So... You know, I still expect Tampa will win. It's it's a very similar number, right, to what they were laying in Washington last year in the in the in the wild card round. So I don't know. I, I would take I'd take the Eagles again. I, I think I like it. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I have a side. I, I probably lean Eagles here too. You know, I think I think the trends look decent. I, I feel like if the if the two dogs end up covering on Saturday though, I might be reluctant <laughs> to take the Eagles. I know yeah. it's the dumbest thing and it's not like you know, it shouldn't be a formula, but um for whatever reason that, that always gets in my head. So um, yeah, I don't really have much else to add in terms of analysis. Yeah, I don't Philly, plan on locking in any bits, by the way, before like right before game time for each one, um, unless something seems to be trending in the wrong direction. But for stupid reasons, like you said, Mark, like if a dog covers, then it'll make me think twice about maybe the dog covering again or the home team winning two games in a row or blah, blah, blah. So stupid. Yeah, but but I mean, at the same time, then we shouldn't put any credence in stats like, you know, underdogs in the wild card round or X yeah. and X. You know? yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it is tough when you get to the end of this and you're like, oh, God, I like all six dogs or whatever. Like, it's right. Like, yeah. Wait, uh, one other stat to add. First time playoff quarterbacks versus non first time quarterbacks are 16 and 31 straight up and 14 and 32 against the spread since 2002. So that would fit the narrative here with Hertz going against Brady. No. What, what was that last 14 and 32? 14 and 32 against the spread. That's not good. That, that would also fit uh, Mac versus uh, Josh Allen. Right. But there's Bill. Yeah, Bill. Mm. Great equal. Sirianni, first time coach in the playoffs too. I don't know. This game worries me. We'll see. We'll see where this line goes, and then what it's sitting at on Sunday morning, and how much money I lose on Sunday uh, on Saturday night before uh, getting involved here on on Hertz and company. The uh, the second game on Sunday, four thirty, classic. Makes you think of the nineties. Uh, Niners at Cowboys. Dallas is favored by three. Dallas number one overall team in DVOA to end the year, which. I thought was pretty crazy. 49ers definitely seem like the sharp play here. They're getting 55% of the bets, 78% of the money. This is the Nance at Romo game. Alex Kemp is the ref, who I think Trav is a decent enough fan yeah, of. Yeah, he's okay. I, I'm more, I, I, I made it, I physically cringed because I didn't realize this was a CBS game. That seems, I mean, I guess if you put both of their games on Saturday on the AFC or two of the three AFC games on Saturday, you, you're left with that, but it's awfully weird to have Nance and Romo calling an NFC playoff game now. I know, and Romo gets to do the Cowboys of all, Ugh. all six of these games. So, <laughs> I mean, a lot of screaming. Um, I almost feel like San Francisco's too popular here. I know they're definitely the side that we would always be on. I love their running game, obviously, like Shani versus McCarthy, but I, I think that San Francisco secondary is absolutely atrocious. And if Dak can just get involved with his receivers down the field. I feel like he's going to have a field day with that. So Mark, how, how did you lean here? This is the, probably the toughest game of the weekend to call. Obviously the smallest spread. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a ton of value. I, I keep going back and forth on it, but I, I would definitely lean uh, San Francisco. You know, kind of trust Shane in this spot. Niners, uh, their secondary is beat up, but I think they're getting getting healthy. Kwan Williams is back. Their slot cornerback. Uh, the other thing to mention is, is their pass rush has been pretty awesome as of late, at least. Uh, their second most sacks in the NFL since week nine. And I feel like they don't blitz that much. It's, it's really just like a you know, front four pass rush. And then I, I guess the, the issue from Dallas's side of the ball, I think Aaron Schatz tweeted this out, was that Dallas is 31st in the league in terms of uh, allowing yards after catch. And Debo Samuel is the the yak king. He, he leads the NFL in terms of yards after catch. And then the, the, I guess the last thing I was thinking was that uh, you know if you just look at Dallas's schedule, like the last four or five weeks, they've gone, gone against like some pretty shitty quarterbacks. Um, they faced Taysom since week thirteen. They, they faced Heineke twice, Mike Glennon. Uh, they lost to Kyler, uh, and then they, they played Minshew in the backups uh, in the last week. So are we sure this Dallas team is, is really that good? I'm kind of questioning it. And it maybe the 49- they are, but yeah. Maybe yeah. And maybe the 49ers aren't either. So um, maybe there isn't a ton of value on this game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it felt to me like San Francisco was a little bit too popular here. I mean, Dallas is the number one DVOA team. San Francisco, very respectable at six. But the Dallas defense is is really good. And you know, the, the yards after catch thing is eye-opening. But it just feels like the kind of game where people, I think, have been Dallas may be flown under the radar, which is surprising to say for a team like that um, the last couple of weeks, because I think part of that is, you know, they were well positioned coming into the home stretch and they really didn't play anybody um, of interest. So no one really talked about it, but I, I still kind of like the defense. I think they're tough. Uh, they have enough weapons on offense, although the offense I think is sputtered a little bit. It, it feels kind of like three is, is like San, uh, San Francisco should be getting a little bit more points. I, that's what I think. No, I think that's totally fair. I mean, the San Francisco like really hasn't come on until like maybe the last week or so. And, and you know, they're coming off this crazy overtime game where they almost got eliminated. And I think Dallas is getting very healthy as well. So also odd here, this game, the overrun is 50 and a half that I see. Um, that's high. That's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be crushing unders this week. The worst thing in the world to root for too. What, what, since 2003, what, what coach do you think has the best record against the spread? In the playoffs, of the the coaches in the playoffs, McCarthy. Uh, yeah, Mike McCarthy is eleven six and one against the spread in the playoffs. Wow! And so Shanahan's two and one against the spread in the playoffs. So I, maybe that's, is that a better percentage? I don't know. Um, but it's funny there are the only coaches above five hundred against the spread since two thousand three. Really, What's Bill. Bill is nineteen and nineteen. Oh, okay. Tomlin seven seven and two. McVeigh three and three. Vrabel two and two. Lafleur two and two. McDermott two and three. Aaron's three and five. I kind of, I kind of think I'm going to have to take Dallas here. As much as I hate it, I, I mean, we were off Shanny so much this season, and then we kind of rolled them a little bit towards the end when they turned things around. But I still don't trust him and, and Jimmy G in a in a big spot. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I mean, I, I feel like the, the McCarthy, you know, against spread stats are, are really like Rodgers. Yeah. yeah, I know. You throw them out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. If you look back in the last four weeks for, for San Francisco, I mean, they're three and one. They lost to the Titans. No shame in that. I just don't know how much like them beating the Rams is kind of like the biggest wins on their schedule. And it doesn't he, impress me much. Yeah. He just owns the Rams. And I think the Rams are super soft. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know if Dallas has great wins either. Mark, you said their schedule wasn't that good. Uh, I don't disagree with that. So I think they're kind of even-ish, or at least the narratives are even. And I just feel like San Francisco should be getting a little bit more points on the road here. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe maybe the night game on Sunday on NBC will be the time we want to take a favorite. Uh, Steelers at Chiefs. Nobody's happy that Pittsburgh is in the playoffs. Nobody wants to watch Ben and his noodle arm. One last time, um, I think he even said today in his press conference that they have no chance. He, he even said they were 20-point underdogs. So Did he, he say little, that? Yeah, he was a little off. They're only 12-and-a-half-point <laughs> underdogs, and uh, they're getting uh, – bets are 50-50 on this one. Steelers are getting 60% of the money, so they're definitely the sharp side. Uh, I kind of like the Chiefs. They, they smoked them a few weeks ago in Kansas City. Mahomes and Reed have just been really under the radar this year. I know they struggled a lot early. Everyone made a whole bunch of them not covering and their that huge streak of them not covering next amount of games. But they've been on fire second half of the season. Defense has played great. 
they're healthy. They didn't have to do much last week. So I, I kind of like Kansas City here to just, just blow out Pittsburgh and put them out of their misery. Steelers had a nice emotional couple weeks here. Ben's final game at home. They make the playoffs. No one expected them to, but they stink. They're awful. I, I feel like Mahomes will figure out how to, how to carve that defense up uh, and stay away from, from TJ Watt. Uh, two square here, Trav. What, what do you think? I think so. I, I I would be on Pittsburgh in the game. The two worst defensive DVOA teams in the playoffs are Kansas City at 24 and Philly at 25. Uh, the defense kind of came on a little bit, but they've kind of flown under. I don't. I'm, I'm like not making sense on this podcast at all. But like they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit later in the year. I agree with you, Mike. But I, this is too many points. Tomlin is a big dog. Like I think Ben saying what you said that he said is uh, indication that Tomlin's getting them. You know, no one believes in you type shit, which yeah. only goes so far. But I don't know. The defense is lively. I hate watching the Steelers. I hate that I'm going to bet on them, but I am going to bet on them. Man, that's a good case. I think it was, it was leaning initially KC, but I think, Trav, you might have swayed me there. I, I feel like they maybe are the, the nobody believes in us team. Nobody should believe in them. <laughs> yeah, but they don't have to win. I mean, they can be yeah, down yeah, They can be yeah. down three scores with four minutes left and still cover. So th- this is the... Uh, the highest wild card game spread ever. Uh, Chicago at New Orleans last year closed uh, eleven point underdog. That that was previously the highest. Um, did, did Chicago cover? or Did that get close? And they I didn't can't remember. Cover? We took I Chicago. Think, I remember. Didn't didn't someone it drop did. a big Trubisky no, bomb? Yes, a trick yes, play. We, yes. Yeah. Sorry. And, and Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown on the final play of the game, but they didn't kick the extra point. Oh, tired. <laughs> so we lost by one. Okay, if you guys remember that. I, I will say, I, I do have said that there have been 10 double-digit underdogs in wildcard history. Only two have covered. It's a little scary, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like you're right, Trav. I feel like you know the trends are good. Pittsburgh, they, you know, they try hard. They play hard. Um, you know, maybe they can keep this game close. Um, and one other thing crazy I came across is that since 1970, since 1970, this is the third time, only the third time that the, the Steelers have been an underdog of more than 11 points. Previously was... Super Bowl 30 against Dallas, they were plus 13 and a half. And then a random September game against the Oilers in the 90s, uh, they were plus 12 and a half. Uh, they, they, they got covered. destroyed in that Super Bowl, right? They lost 27-17, so they, they actually oh, covered. Okay. Right, so they, they covered both times. Nice. Yeah. yeah, to follow up on that stat mark, home digit, uh, home double-digit favorites are perfect 5-0 and against the spread in the wild card round since 2003, covering by 5.6 points per game. Mm. So... Kind of just like when bad teams sneak into the playoffs, they get they get annihilated. But yeah. it is Tomlin as a dog with a solid defense. I guess maybe he could sit back, take Pittsburgh, and then go the other way if it's close and live. But the Chiefs too. Yeah, the Chiefs aren't losing this game. So if you ever get anything under a field goal or close to, I, I would pounce on that at any point during the game. And then we do know they tend to fall behind in, in playoff games too. Is Tomlin wearing? The the gator mask like outdoors because he's cold or is it <laughs> No, he looks like he looks so fucking sick and that that's it. <laughs> he does. He totally he's just does. a bad he's just a badass. That's all. Um obviously Alan Chris are on the call on this one and, and Sean Smith is the is the referee. All right. Wh- which which who's Sean Smith? Why, why can't Sean Smith I think he's got a brother of... that's a radio DJ. we we pulled that out at some point. I um, hope that you know that. <laughs> I think we mentioned that on the. I don't know how to describe him. He's bald, a little younger. All right, he's African American. You know who he is. You know, I, th- I think I know. I think I know. Yeah, he's pretty uh, good. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, I guess I was wrong about the officials. It, it's it starts with Boger, and it ends with Clay Martin on Monday oh. night. So that's what that's what really upset me. And this <laughs> Monday night game, uh, at least there's a Manning cast because Clay Martin and then the Cardinals and the Rams. I, I put a note in our WhatsApp uh, on. <laughs> January 2nd, and it said, note, Mike, note to self, bet against Stafford and Kyler in the playoffs. Now, I can't do that because they're playing each other. So uh, I don't buy either of these teams. I don't buy Stafford at all. He had, statistically, he had a monster year, but we watched enough Rand games to know that, that he folds in big spots and uh, really beats up on bad teams. And then Kyler and the Cardinals, we've obviously watch the, their demise over the second half of the season for the second straight year. So I have no idea what to do here. It's it's a four and a half point game. Bets are 50-50. It looks like 70% of the money's on the Cardinals. I, I think just hating it so much, I'm, I would just take the dog and, and get out of the way. But I don't know. Is there a case to be made for the Rams here? No one's going to be taking them. What did you think, Mark? 
Yeah, I, I don't really have much of a case either way. Um, like you said, I don't really like either of these teams. I, I think I especially don't like the Rams, uh, but for whatever reason, uh, McVay seems to to own own the Cardinals. I know he lost to them uh, earlier this year at home, but um, Kyler just doesn't seem right the second half of the season. Cliff, you know, his teams historically fade in the second half of the season. Um, I'd be reluctant to, to, to take either side. Yeah, I think I agree. I'm not going to have any idea what to do with this game until Monday around 6.30 at night. Uh, you know, I'm not going to want to bet it, but at the end of the day, I will. I don't know where I'm going to go. We'll see what the money does um, between now and then. But I don't know. I, I could live with either side, honestly. Um, from a DVOA perspective, though, the Rams are, are five and Arizona's 10. Feels like a pretty big gap, hmm. um, you know, for a game that's pretty close. So I, don't know, I I hate the Rams. I really like the Cardinals, but I'm not sure that they, you know, I'm not sure they're up for the occasion. Honestly, they like you said, Mike. They've kind of wilted late in the year in the last couple of years, and it's just not. I just don't trust them. I don't trust either one of these. The the Rams really are. I don't know if it's just us, but I really find them unlikable. Like I, I wonder if that's like the general public perception. If yeah, I think when you like acquire us. stars like that, people don't like you too. And yeah, I think yeah. McVeigh is. As far as being the boy wonderer, he's worn out as welcome yeah, as far as that's concerned. They've never really accomplished anything, right? I mean, he made the, the Super Bowl and they had that horrible game against the Patriots. Um, I, I'll t- I really liked McVay early on, but some of the shit just wears me out. Like the jumping around and the running around and you, know, you can back it up because he's a smart guy. But I'll tell you, like I texted you guys when he was in the end zone celebrating that touchdown on the weekend. You know, I don't think they went up 17-3 at that point or 17 nothing. Yeah, and I was like, that's a that's a look at me move. And it has nothing at all to do with what transpired after that. But you know, from that point on, you know, San Francisco beat them up pretty good. Um, they just feel like a front runner to me. You know, they always look like they're even when they play a good team, if they ever get up a little bit, they kind of run around like they're doing something great and the game always ends up closer in the end. So I don't know if that means, you know, you'd start with Arizona and see what happens and then you can adjust live and maybe get both sides as a dog. Um, I don't know, but I just something about that team and McVeigh even just just rubs me the wrong way at this point. And Odell back in the playoffs too. Yeah, nobody really yeah, wants to I mean, watch him and his whatever cel- stupid celebration he comes up with when he has three catches for twenty-seven yards and a touchdown and thinks the <laughs> touchdown that he caught is the biggest moment in his life. So yeah, I mean that's a good point. I mean when he played the Packers in that playoff game with the Giants, I mean he crumbled. was awful. I mean Eli played well and he dropped a bunch of really good throws. Um, you yep. know that was a different environment, but I uh, you know. Odell, he's another guy. He's like, it's a perfect encapsulation of that team. He's just a total front runner. Yeah. Probably take the Cardinals here. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Um, so someone figured out that uh, by putting the the four four seed versus five seed game on on Monday, they'll know the schedule for next week's next week's matchups by Sunday. So I, I think going forward, we're always going to get a four seed versus a five seed on this Monday night game. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And we then, should I say mean, that we, we called these games pretty well before the schedule came out. That, not we, you. Yeah, yeah, well. I think you called like all three of them. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, we, it was a collective. My only worry going back to the Raiders is just, it seems like that 430 game usually sucks. Like it's rarely a good, I guess last year, I think it was at Buffalo Indy. Was that the first game on Saturday? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was an okay game. Um, well, they, had a, they had a one o'clock game. Yeah, it was the on yeah. Saturday. Oh, right, because so they, they did one four and eight on each. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I mean, you're taking a lot of those Texans games. Yeah, um, Bengals have been a lot of them too over yeah. the years. Yeah, there was some Bengals Jets games, some Bengals Texans. I even want to say with like Tyler Yates or whoever. So there was a fun Texans Bills game. I think it was Josh Allen's first time in the playoffs. Um, yeah, no, that was a, that was a night. I think that was, was Saturday, Saturday night. night. I watched Saturday. that at a, okay. I watched that at a Mexican restaurant. I remember at a, at the bar, and uh, Watson led the comeback in that one. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Allen had a couple of plays where like he was going to the ground. and was just doing crazy shit. Yeah, he's like, but then also, yeah. So that must have been how long has Allen been in, in the league? This is his fourth year. I think this is his fourth year. year. Okay, is same year, sixth one. Yeah, every year. Not, not his first year. He was in the playoffs, I don't think. Because last year, the night game, I remember, was Tampa, Washington. The year before that, I think it was the Titans-Pats, wasn't it? Where Vrabel beat Yeah, the 14-13 Belichick. game. And then the year yeah. before that must have been the the uh, Texans game. Yeah. So he must have been there as a rookie, I guess. I'm just I thinking, so. did, did the... I don't know what happened. It seems like the underdog covered in every one of those games. 
Yeah. Underdog has been crushing it the last yeah. five, yeah. six years. So I, I mean, at this point, I feel like we're right. We're just, we went through them all and we made pretty good cases for all the dogs. So just keep rolling. Wait, um, while we're, uh, while we're here, um, I know I did the coaches before, but what, what quarterback do you think has the best record against the spread of the quarterbacks in the, in the playoffs of the quarterbacks remaining in the playoffs? Um, I would throw out, I mean, this may be crazy. Ben? Yeah. Uh, ben is number two, I think. And I should say that this is since 2003, so it doesn't include Brady's uh, first two years, where he probably covered a bunch. I mean, you wouldn't be asking it if it was Brady, so. Uh, yeah, it's not Brady. I guess I kind of gave that away. Josh Allen? Nope. Allen's actually one and three. I guess oh, Jimmy. Right. It's not Jimmy. He's two and one. I mean, I, I feel like I kind of alluded to it with a coach, but. Oh, Dak? How many times has Dak even been in the playoffs? Dak's 0 3 against the spread in the playoffs. Oh, okay. Mahomes. Oh, oh Rodgers. He's on a bye. Yes. Oh, oh, he's on a bye. I was, yeah, I was only looking at the teams this Jesus. week. Jesus. That's tricky. Okay. That's tricky. You fooled okay. me. Yeah. I got six, I'm only focusing on six teams right now, Mark. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I did, I was looking at the Super Bowl futures, and I feel like the Titans at eight and a half to one are pretty decent value to throw like a little bit on. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I don't. I never know how to like gauge those kind of bets. That's not my like wheelhouse. Um, but yeah, it seems like yeah, if you, if you think they're going to get healthy, uh, yeah, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, I I would say I don't know about the Titans. I, actually, I would say no. Honestly, I, if I look at the top four teams, the top two seeds in each league, they're the weakest. Yeah, I don't know if they're the weakest, but like Tampa, the Chiefs, Green Bay, and Tennessee. I just don't. I could see something else happening this year. Some interesting teams, really, in the playoffs when you think about it. Between the Raiders, the Bengals, I mean, the Patriots with a new quarterback and a kind of new-look team, Steelers, yeah. Eagles. I mean, a lot of these teams you you just would imagine have a quick exit, but they, they aren't all going to leave this week, and it could just be interesting. I mean, the Titans are certainly not perfect, and we know Green Bay isn't perfect. So, yeah. so I'm just thinking about how the seeding works, at least in the AFC. Um it, it seems to me that the Titans would be playing the Bengals, Raiders, or the Pats. Is that accurate? Because they, they couldn't play the Bills. I guess if the Steelers won. I, I'm assuming the Steelers are going to lose. Yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So you got to think that we're going to see the Titans in the AFC's title game, especially if Henry comes back. I would think they would beat all those teams. I mean, maybe New England. I mean, New England destroyed them in November. I think that was without Henry, obviously, but that was yeah. 36-13. Yeah, like the Tennessee just they and they've made, they have really good wins. So it's not like they haven't beaten anybody, but they do have some losses that make you scratch your head. I mean, if teams in the playoffs, they've lost to Arizona, the Pats and the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. I, I just try. I don't know. I just trust Brable, I guess. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to mess around with futures either. I, there's no reason to. I'm, I mean, not, I'm, I'm not good at stuff with that. I wonder what the Cowboys are. I hate to say that, but, you know, they had the best against the spread record during the year. I think no one's going to believe in them. I hate, you know, I hate the Cowboys, obviously, but I don't know. I mean, they Cowboys could be, are a 12 to one. I mean, that you're right. That's tasty. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's the better value. Everyone, everyone thinks they're losing this week. So, I mean, think about it. Like I see on the one I'm looking at. Yeah. 1300. The Rams are 10 to one. Yeah. Screw I mean, them. I don't know. <laughs> Eagles uh, Eagles are 60 to 1. Steelers are 90 to 1. Wow. <laughs> 90 to 1. <laughs> like is that like uh, lower than their preseason odds? Yeah, it has to be. Oh my god. Pretty funny too because if you go back in Ben's career like they won the Super Bowl the first time in spite of him. It would be a pretty funny like full circle thing. If the defense is If they won yeah, if they won the Super Bowl and he went like, you know, Eight mm-hmm. for twenty-two for like ninety-seven yards. I, I gotta say, like, uh, at least compared to like previous years, it seems like Minka Fitzpatrick hasn't had like a lot of like touchdowns or crazy plays. I, I know he made that one amazing pass breakup on yeah. this past Sunday, but I feel like he hasn't like scored a lot. Like, I feel like he's usually good for two or three touchdowns a year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's due. All right. Well, we'll we'll tweet out our picks. Uh, little before kickoff on each one when we when we come to a, a consensus for the three of us at least and if we if we differ we'll we'll let you know uh, who's on each side in case you 
you tend to follow one of us more than the other. So follow at Home Dogs on Twitter on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, before we get to trivia, Trav, just a quick thought on on Joe Judge, who finally gets the boot. Uh, one of six coaching openings, I count. And then maybe if uh, pit boss Rich Passaccia gets axed after the year, it could be another opening. But I think we were saying a few weeks ago that we didn't think a lot of coaches were going to get fired, and it was uh, kind of a bloodbath. Yeah, total bloodbath. I mean, Flores was the most surprising one, I think. Um, Judge, if you asked me a month ago, I'd say it was very surprising, but this thing has spiraled out of control. And it's not just been on the field. It's just the way he's handled everything. It's been a total embarrassment. So I'm disappointed. I kind of thought he was going to be pretty buttoned up when he came here. Um, you know, my bigger question is what do the Giants do from here? Because as Mike, you and I were talking about before this, it's like, you know, they tried the hot offensive coordinator a couple of years ago with McAdoo. Then they went like the, you know, tried and true older middle of the road coach with Shermer and then the guy no one's ever heard of with uh, judge. What worries me is that I think that leaves you with kind of like the old grizzled vet. Um, you know, it's not going to be Jeff Fisher, but that type of mold uh, you mentioned Fisher. Caldwell, like that would be Caldwell would be horrifying to me. So they're not going to go with another guy no one's ever heard of. And I don't think they're going to go with another like hot offensive coordinator. So I'm scared. I'm very scared. Yeah. Maybe uh, Dougie Peterson is not high on my list either of the the veteran coaches that are out there. I'm assuming Marvin Lewis's days are behind him, but we can't. We wouldn't do something well, like that. Don't speak so soon. I mean, yeah. be careful. I guess you know, the good thing is I will say this, and I've complained about this in the past, the teams that don't line up the GM, the coach, and the quarterback is a problem. Um, at least now we get the GM and the coach lined up. The issue is they don't have the GM yet to make the coaching hire, and pretty soon – I mean, I don't know what the playoff situation is with how long you have to wait, but these dominoes are going to start to fall. So they better get this all figured out pretty quickly or they're going to be stuck with, you know, the Marvin Lewis's of the world. Yeah. Or you happen to get a coordinator who goes deep in the playoffs because they're stuck. So perhaps that's a positive. Yeah. Who do you want? <laughs> I know who you want, but you should say it. Yeah, I want Dayball and the, and the uh, Bills assistant GM. I feel like that's just a good match. I feel like Daniel Jones, if used correctly, can be used very much like Josh Allen because he's he's good with his feet. And I, I think he has a, a sneaky cannon that that never gets exposed because the Giants play such conservative football. So I think a, a nice offensive line would be would be good. I also I, I don't really hate anything. So just I just want a modern offensive coordinator. That's it. If it's a defensive coach, just just hire somebody who doesn't want to pound the rock up the middle with Saquon and, and do something fun. Like look at the Lions did in week 18. That was so much fun. We had them. They're running triple reverses, passes down the field. Like have some fun. Like the Giants ran two quarterback sneaks for, for <sighs> by their own five yard line um, and gave up. And and now Judge is gone and TMZ has pictures of him ordering large quantities of pizza and beer today. So at least I respect that. But yeah, that's a good move. Um, <laughs> Makes me jealous, actually. Just give me something <laughs> fun to watch. Because, I mean, the rest of the NFL and what we do is so fucking exciting and awesome. And when you turn a Giants game, it's like, it's like, it's this a is different sport. NFL. Yeah, it's awful. So, God. And, and your Jets are sneaking under the radar here because the Giants are such a disaster. But, I mean, they had four first downs <laughs> or something on Sunday against the Bills. That's another reason. I, I didn't even mention that. Like, going against the Bills here, we had them minus 16. They miracle cover to win by 17. But they did not look good against the Jets on Sunday. They did not look like a buttoned-up playoff team, to me at least. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, their their offense looked awful, and their punter actually was like a disaster. I'm actually curious if he's going to struggle in cold weather. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Trap, who do you want for for Giants coach? Um, I don't know that I really have anybody in mind. I don't know. I mean, the the Flores firing perked my ears up, but they're not going to go back to another Belichick assistant. That's not going to happen, so... I really don't know. I mean, I definitely don't want Harbaugh. Um, I don't have a good answer. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I would love Flores. Um, but yeah, it probably doesn't make sense for the Giants. He seems the, like a great fit in Chicago or Minnesota. Just what, what, do you, what do you guys think is the most attractive job to a potential head coach that's available? Hmm. I, I would say Denver, but I feel like I don't know if you guys have read about their ownership situation. It sounds like yeah, it would be a sale or something. So I, I imagine coaches would be reticent to go there. I Jesus, drop the <coughs> mic. Um, I kind of want to say Chicago. As weird as that is, the, but um, they have another like. I mean, it's different. There's no volatility, but that you know the the infrastructure there seems fucked up. Yeah. 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 But I agree with you. I mean, at least they have a young quarterback that you could figure out maybe. Um, defense is aging. 
that that jumps out of me. Love Darnell Mooney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea. I guess, I mean, the Vikings, if it just, if cousins wasn't there, then the Vikings are pretty attractive and you have Justin Jefferson and Dalvin cook and, and Thielen and some playmakers on defense. Uh, and, and that's a stable situation. I think too. Great like, fan base. They're not stadium. Yeah. They're gonna fire yeah. Coaches left and right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing I would give the giants credit for, I mean, they're horrible cap situations. That's a big problem for more of the GM, I think than the coach, but you, know, you have yeah. two top ten picks at least coming up, and you you have a young quarterback, so they're not going to spend one on a quarterback. They have, you know, I think they've drafted poorly, but at the same time, there is some interesting young talent. I mean, like this offensive line last year was pretty good, and the defense mm-hmm. last year was really good, and that's what I think makes this year show, so this year so shocking for the Giants. Yeah, because um, it did feel like they were building something a little bit at the end of last year, and then you know after that week two Thursday night against the Redskins, it all went downhill. Yeah, I I just can't imagine being a Miami fan. You know, they fire Flores, and then like you read two days later, they're interviewing Jim Caldwell and some of these other retreats. <laughs> Can like, you imagine? Oh my God! I mean, that yeah. was I guess kind of I mean, me with the Jets. I mean, I, you know, when they were uh, on the verge of hiring Adam Gase, I was freaking out too. So yeah, <sighs> the Flores one is tough, but yeah, I mean, in New uh, York, you get one bonus year, and Salah just got it. So yeah, we could be talking about you in this spot next year too. Oh yeah, for sure. um, At least they kind of figured out stuff offensively a little bit towards the end of the season, but Wilson's rookie year was, was pretty, pretty bad. All the rookie quarterbacks were except for Davis mills. He didn't like turn over the ball the last couple weeks, right? It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He he was better. Yeah. Davis mills. We were too early on Davis mills. We (laughs) We were, we (laughs) We really were riding the Texans early. Um, Texans, another team, eight and nine against the spread, five and three as home dogs. So if we just took the the Texans and the Lions as home dogs, we would have gone eleven and five. I swear, though, I think we took at least the Texans a lot. We, yeah, did. we did, we did. I mean, uh, it never worked I'd be out. Curious. Well. I don't know. I'd be curious what our what our record is. I'm just thinking the first two weeks of the season. I think we covered with them. Yeah, week one definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was when the Jags were road faves. I think. Oh my yep. god, Jags are minus three and a half. In we, we should look at the the week one lines at some point. Uh, interesting look back to uh i mean i can look at them right now uh this is just shooting the shit with the boys now (laughs) no i can't i can't i can't it's not not accessible at the moment whatever um mark send us down with some trivia get the hell out of here okay um so yeah let me just recap last week's listener question uh it asked what nfl punter has recorded the most punts in nfl history um in front of the program ian uh, he first guessed Shane Leckler, then he corrected uh, to Jeff Fiegels. Um, Fiegels was correct. Leckler, Leckler was number two. Um, impressive job by Ian there. Yeah, Kong uh, guessed uh, Sean Landetta too. I think he oh, number three. Okay. Nice guess. Very yeah. nice guess. Um, Fiegels played for the Pats, the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Giants. It's funny. Right after we finished taping last week, you guys knew Fiegels right away. I was pretty impressed with that. Kind of just to before we get to the trivia for you guys, what team do you think has had the most punts in one season? <laughs> Let's say, can you name the team and the decade? Ugh. I'll give you each two guesses because I don't want to extend this too long. The Bucks in the seventies. It's a good guess. I was going to say Bucks in the eighties. <laughs> okay, also a good guess. Not both are both are incorrect. So this is just one season too. Just yeah. to clarify, yeah, okay. Uh, te- Texans and the aughts. <laughs> no, that's a good guess. All right, I'm out. Cardinals in the nineties. Nailed it. Really? <laughs> I, I don't know if they were Phoenix or Arizona at this point, but in 1994, they had 98 punts in one season. Um, Who was their punter? You know what? I didn't look that up. I should have looked that up. Damn it. Because I was thinking, because Fiegel's punted for them, and I was thinking, all right, well, I mean, I know he lasted forever, but. He was their punter in 1994. There you go. There you That's go. So you piece these things <laughs> Comes together. full circle. Yeah. Nice job. Nicely done. So both, I think, Fiegel's and Landetta are Giants radio or TV or studio or something. Hmm. Broadcasters, are they not, Mike? Yeah. Uh, Landetta's not anymore, but Fiegel's uh, does that, that post-game show for the team. And then uh, yeah. I know Lawrence Tynes has a like a, a podcast that's gotten pretty popular, too. So funny that the, the special team really seemed to make a name for them themselves not as popular as this one larry (laughs) 
<laughs> what uh, um, I think, Mark, we're tied on, on this season overall. Yeah, I, th- I think we're we're all tied up with with just a few weeks left. Um, yeah, I feel like we should have figured out some sort of prize or gotten a sponsor or something for for you guys uh, before the season, uh, but maybe for next year. Um, so yeah, last week we talked about. Brian Hoyer and the, the five other Browns quarterbacks with winning records. Um, I thought it'd be fun to, to kind of visit this from the, from the New York giants perspective, uh, given yeah. that you guys are both giants fans. So since Phil Sims retired in 1993, there are just four giants quarterbacks who have posted a winning record, uh, with the team in the regular season. Can you name them? Uh, there's no minimum starts. So this is, uh, it could have hypothetically gone one, one and oh, well, let's um, exclude one of them. Excuse me. We should exclude Eli, right? So Eli, Eli I guess, was probably a losing record in the regular season. Uh, yeah, so he was one hundred seventeen and one hundred seventeen. Uh, uh, overall, you meant season by season. I was like, okay, yeah, overall. I see what you meant. Okay. Why is your voice like sound especially deep right now? I don't know. Like you have like the voice filter on or something. <laughs> I just did something with our phone. Um, something uh, is not right. Hold on, let me unplug and replug. <laughs> it sounds like a sixty minutes interview with like uh, like a criminal. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he had like indigestion or something. It was like in the middle of a burp, and it was just it was going to go away. <laughs> that was funny. Wow. Oh my god. Did we lose him? Maybe. Oh boy. That was another thing that happened, and when I listened to the week one podcast, I lost power. I forgot about that. Oh shoot! I forgot about that too. You got me. I'm back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All it right. was like you were talking into the talk boy from uh, Home Alone too. Uh, I I leaned back on the couch and kind of brought the mic with me, and everything just got screwed up. So hey, I, want, I wanted to get comfortable for trivia, and then I blew it. So yeah, do I need to repeat or? Were you, you had to so it out. was it was just like Giants with the best record regular season quarterback since Phil Sims. Sorry, Giants with the winning Giants quarterbacks with the winning record since Phil Sims oh, retired okay. in 1993. Okay, winning yeah. winning record in the regular season. Got it. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure who has honors, but there's four. Uh, four let's go to Trav since I just had the whole mic snafu. Say Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins is one. Yep. Uh, Danny Cannell. Uh, Danny Cannell is two. Danny Cannell is ten and nine and one. Maybe this can be easier than I thought. No. Kerry Collins is 35 and 33 for the record. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say Colt McCoy, but I think he just went one and one. It's not Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy went one and one. That's correct. Dave Brown? Dave Brown, uh, 23 and 30. Mm-hmm. Kurt Warner? Kurt Warner is correct. He was five and four. Like a lot of people forget, he was a, a Giants quarterback. I would have sworn I, I could have sworn he was three and four. Damn it! It's a good guess, Trip. Thank you. One left. I only got one left in the holster, so. Uh, and I don't know if he had a winning record, but Hosteller. So Hosteller was kind of playing contingent with Sims. I don't, I don't have his record post Sims, but okay. Yeah. I was just gonna. The only one left that I could think of was Kent Graham. Kent Graham is correct as well. Wow. 10 and 9. Nicely done. Damn. Did, did Trav just pick up three points? Uh, three we, to we, one. So we should yeah. check Hostetler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's three to two then. Okay. I'll have to look up, look up Hostetler. Okay. So yeah, that's impressive. Um, I could name, I mean, could we even name the other quarterbacks? The only one I can think of is, I know Gino had one. Yeah. Gino had one. Glennon, obviously, this year from Jesse Palmer. Did he start any games? Oh, and three. Yeah. Oh, and oh, three games. Oof. <laughs> uh, yeah, just look at these other names. I don't, yeah, I don't recognize these people. All right. So, Trav, you picked up three three points to one, maybe three points to two, depending on a hot seller. Do I send the listeners out with one? Or you guys want one more? No, send the listeners out with one. Okay. This is for the listeners. So, if you, if you guys know the answer, tweet at us at the Home Dogs Pod. I, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I'm, I'm going to pose it anyway. Um, what NFL team has the most playoff losses? in nfl history give me the team if you know the, the number of losses great if not just give me the team um tweet at us please all right 
most uh, playoff losses in NFL history. What team? Tweet us at Home Dogs Pod. We'll get our picks out to you before each game on Saturday. No contest, but uh, we got to make some money so we can we can fund our contest next year. Appreciate everybody listening uh, through all 18 weeks. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll be here throughout the rest of the postseason. So we'll talk to you for the divisional round next week.